five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the Wisconsin DMA and the International Society for Strategic Marketing. The sound kept going a little bit. Okay, what day is today? Thursday. Okay, Thursday. Coffee with John. <laughs> yeah, I have a cup of coffee on me. Hi, Michelle. Nice to see you again. Okay, I thought this was interesting because, you know, the other day we did a story on we did a story on uh, Kodak. No, we did a story on a new app that mimics the one shot, the disposable cameras, which were a Kodak product back in the day. I used to use the underwater ones a little bit. And the joke of it is that you have to wait till the next day to see how your pictures turned out. And I think that's just hilarious. But anyway, uh, Kodak apparently is still in business and still making big stuff. And so they got this litho, pr- they got this uh, digital print, print. And it's a 520 digital press, and it runs supposedly two or three times faster than uh, Litho Web Press. So um, I love this. Whoever wrote this article is funny. It says the company applauded has applauded the new development. <laughs> Nothing about the industry or what any any printers would think about it. I also noted that it was water-based because you know one of the concerns I've always had about digital is those those inkjet those inkjet cartridges are like the most expensive liquid on earth you know there's just nothing more expensive than that it seems like but anyway i guess the prices come down and i don't know much about presses anymore i read books from rochester school of of uh printing or whatever it was in rochester new york which is up where headquartered where kodak was headquartered and it said don't touch the inks that was one of the rules that was one of the press operator rules <laughs> Um, okay, Eric Koenig says, top five advertising objectives. And I'm kind of thinking that this is, I was thinking that this was more about business to business, but actually the example he gave was consumer. Anyway, I was a little shocked at this. The top advertising and marketing objective was drive customer satisfaction. You know, I kind of think that has more to do with customer experience with, you know, how hard was it to order? Did the product do what it what it was supposed to for more than 15 minutes, or did it fall apart? You know, if if I didn't like it, can I send it back? I don't think of it as an advertising marketing, much less the top one. I always thought advertising and marketing should be about um, like selling, <laughs> selling stuff. You know, driving that sales engine. Customer acquisition, I thought was pretty good. That's down here. Um, increased customer leads, you know, the, the cost of web and lead follow-up and those things are so inexpensive now that you can probably get two-step to work in consumer. We never could back in the day when we only had mail and, you know, we had to call them and we had to talk to them and f- mail them more stuff. It was always way more expensive than just getting them to buy in the first place. But anyway, I thought that was an interesting list of five marketing uh, advertising objectives. I'm not sure that would be my list. Direct mail marketing has been adopted by a growing and estab- by adopted by growing and established brands alike due to its ability to reach, resonate, and convert both prospect and house audiences. This article is where is full of a lot of statements like that that are nice statements that make you feel warm and fuzzy if you're into mail. I don't see a lot of really hard arguments. 
I like this one that direct mail serves as an anchor platform for direct marketing programs. I think that's true, and I've argued for the that direct mail has inherent in it a labeled data set, not only because uh, it goes to the house and you ship to the house, but because it goes to the house and you have to engage with it. You you can't just you can't just ignore it like you can with all digital and even emails. They'll just more will fill in on top. With mail, you have to touch it, you have to look at it, and then you deal with it. And it's a decision maker that's dealing with it. So we know, in spite of the fact that not everybody buys, we at least know they saw it. And that's a huge difference. You know, people forget that knowing who didn't buy is is an as a necessary ingredient to machine learning. Knowing the wrong answer is almost as powerful as knowing the right answer. Okay? And and so I agree with this, but I wish Eric would would flesh that out a little bit more. Here was an interesting one. Over 85% of global consumers admit a blend of both digital and physical channel experiences as their preferred way of interacting with brands. I wonder what that means. You know, does that mean that you definitely would like to smell the perfume before you buy it at the department store? Does it mean you would like to, sh to bounce on the furniture before buying it, that you wouldn't want to just digitally buy it? You know, I argued that just the other day. I don't know what it means. I wish I did. Um, I don't think it means physical mail satisfies that need. I don't know how it would. But anyway, um, a lot of good a lot of good sentiments in here. I just... Uh, I wish Eric would substantiate some of these. There is a case study in here. Uh, he mentions the six times higher rate uh, response rate, but again, direct mail is like 20 times higher cost than a than a digital banner ad, even if it's targeted to a, a particular individual. So I'll let you subscribe to WDMA down below, and you can get the whole show notes, and you can tell me what you think of the article. Okay. I like this because it was in Forbes. You know, I, I'm always looking for, m like, major media saying something about mail. And this was, um, this was a panel of 13 um, members of Forbes' co Coaches Council. And they suggested the tactics for generating offline exposure for your business. And direct mail mentioned right up front. They mentioned it down here. Well, it read a relevant book. That's like some that that can be a part if you're a coach, you know, and if you're a, an industry leader, I think that's probably a good thing. It I don't think it did as much for me as I'd hoped. I have made, you know, more than my press expenses. I don't know that I've paid off all of the effort that I put into it. Invite customers to personal events, and what I'm trying to understand about that point um, from Michael Thiemann was it's a vi virtualized world, but he says, think of things that will that will reach them emotionally. So I'm not especially, I'm not quite sure. Avoid chatbots and automated emails when it comes to personal things and emotions, right? I'm not sure how, he, I think he's trying just trying to say too much. It's, I, I, you know, I built um, the WDMA when I started by just inviting people to, um, you know, we found a room, we found, or we found a restaurant that had a back room or something, and and uh, we would just gather there and talk direct marketing. 
And what I found was that if you invited people on a connect on LinkedIn, you got way more connection, you got a way higher connection rate, over 30%, I would say, uh, because you were inviting them to something that was in their area. And uh, so I highly recommend that, even as a LinkedIn technique, um, if you're, you know, if you've got an op- if you've got the ability to, to open up, that uh, an event in someone's location, if you're a coach, is a very good way to um, a very good way to get people's attention and say, I'm 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 local, I'm accessible, I'm real, you know. Not that there isn't value in having a coach in Kenya, but the time differences make it really hard. So uh, send mail with a personal note. Now, that isn't what I'd call direct mail or mass mail, um, but I am doing a little bit of it, and I'm going to do another one. I, I, I took a great deal of care writing to, to uh, Jackie Stracco and uh, never heard back. And I wrote her yesterday again to say, did you get it? Um, I think I'm going to do greeting cards and write notes in those because, you know, they're a little more obviously not uh, business mail. And, you know, I just want to I just want to say hello and say we should be working together. So uh, if anyone knows a good source for, you know, 100 business greeting cards, maybe with a with a we should be working together kind of message, I'd really be interested in hearing that. Um, And if if there aren't any, maybe we should start a business. (laughs) Run a Run a public relations, you know, I didn't know what to do with that one. Send a branded postcard. Well, okay, I don't even know what that, again, I'm not sure what that means. People aren't receiving, there were some good comments. People aren't receiving as much mail as they used to, so sending a postcard can help your company stand out. I think this is a suggestion for direct mail. So that, And that's why I like the article, because at least it's upfront and it says, you know, mail is a really helpful channel, especially if you're in, in a space with business to business and you're trying to reach de- decision makers. Uh, I wanted to get to Summer Gould's How to Find Prospects with Direct Mail. I always like what Summer has to say. And she mentions uh, Prism keeps enhancing their, their services. I've been using Prism, gee willikers, since about 1990, about 1994. Yeah, long time. And we built, we, I wanted to build my own clusters because they were such fun, you know, furs and furs and station wagons, guns and pickup trucks. Those were the original prism, some of the original prism names. You offer pen written notes, huh, Keith? I'd like to see what that's about. I need to talk to you anyway. We have to talk about business. <laughs> Keith, uh, and I have a, a possible connection for you also, a possible customer. Um... Okay, so anyway, here's the challenge for Summer. Profiling, she makes the claim down in here, and so we'll skip to that way down, that you can get, by profiling your customers, and what you do is you send your customers out, and basically by carrier route code or zip code, or you can even do it a three-digit zip. We do that for national mail. It's very, very quick, very simple. Shows them some of the SKUs in, in some of the key variables. Um, it, it, it's, it, she says it gives you valuable information on your current customers. You got to be really careful because most of it is not done at the household level, or if it is, it's done from carrier or a census tract long form averages applied to that household. So what I mean is I looked up myself once my house, my now you know, relatively average house and the home value was almost right on the button. I looked up, uh, it had my annual income pretty close it had my age pretty close 
I thought, gee, that's amazing. You know, I thought this was all just averages. So then I did my next door neighbor who had the, who has the house on the lake. It's worth, you know, not 10 times, but yeah, maybe 10 times. It was worth a lot more than mine. Okay, let's just say. And uh, let's say five times more. And But their numbers were exactly the same. Same age, same income, same. And, and what they what they did was they made it look like it was applied at the individual household level. But there isn't all that much data that's available at the individual household level. You know, I mean, and you have to pay quite a bit for it. So most of the profiling is not done at the individual household level. Um, they'll use average credit scores for that geography, and it's not a bad thing. It's a pretty good thing. Um, you can get individual data appended, but it's spotty often and inaccurate often. It's not as good as you think. Um, we just did a big project with Epsilon, and you know the, and once we got it, and once we took all the time to match it to the individual customer, you know, you have to have the household to match the customer, and you have to have data there. And once we got that, the modeling impact was basically nothing. So when you're thinking marketing and you're thinking mass, you're thinking a message, uh, an offer, a big thing to move your business along, a lot of these things are not, they're not as valuable as we've made them sound. And I want to, so I want you to be cautious. But the second thing that's even more difficult is find more like them. You know, that sometimes can be a trap because let's say you've always marketed to one market, you know, upscale market. And what you don't realize, or let's say you've always marketed to bakers and baking is dwindling. Let's say this is like a 20 year old story. And so you're not sure who to market to and your sales are going down and nobody's baking anymore. They're just buying box mixes and you find one or two spots where it seems like sales are going up. And, you know, there's no prof profiling will say bakers are it. Well, the Wyndham Hill is a good example. Wyndham Hill Records, we I talked about it yesterday. Um, they had me out and um, they said, you know, we've profiled our listeners our, and our customers and they're, and they're 35 to 55 male, high income, high education, you know, like Silicon Valley guys. And, uh, we rent those lists or we, you know, we rent those geodemographics and we get no orders at all. And, you know, one of the problems is not everybody likes mail and, they, and no, not everybody in those days bought remote. But a bigger problem was that when they took that profile um, and applied it to the, to the nation, there were about 14 million of those kind of people that fit that, that demographic. So even if 100% of their customers were that, that didn't mean 100% of those kind of people were their customers. Does that make sense? It's a little bit of logic. This is a little advanced today, okay? And so that's why I came up with the idea of why not put an offer in your CDs to the people who like your music and tell them you have a catalog and see if they want one. Rather than assuming that because all the people that like your music are this, and it isn't true that all are, but that's what the profile told them. Assuming that because someone is this, they like your music is a, is a huge leap, right? Huge leap. So you have to be careful with these things. You have to have, again, I'm, I'm always saying, you know, you don't have to have an old guy that, that's been through it a few times, but I've, I can tell you probably, I could probably go on for a half an hour just on profiling stories. 
where it didn't come out quite as quite as neat and clean as people liked. So, you know, kudos to Summer for always coming up with good stuff that I can talk about. And and here's the next thing. The next point in the article is variable data printing. We were talking about Kodak, so I want to include this. Um, the big problem in variable print is why should we change the offer? Why should we change the picture? If the picture is only 20% or 10%, if the creative if the creative is only 10% of the impact of a piece, you can test that, right? Unless there's a really good reason to, to change the piece, there may not be a reason to change the piece. You know, and I was, I'm working with a style consultant on, you know, mailing a thousand pieces or something. Just print the thing. <laughs> uh, if it works, maybe we go for something a little more nuanced later. Let's walk before we run. And that is my advice for you today. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart. Have a great day. Bye-bye.